0: hey everyone and welcome back to what's the plan the podcast where we dive into the matters of our careers in the architecture and urban planning field
1: i'm Haley. and i'm andrea so Haley, what's the plan this week this week's plan is all about aging in place so the age old at taboo that is growing old so that was a little bit of a tongue twister actually <laughs> i did not plan for that um yeah, I don't know about you, Haley, but recently I have found myself having discussions with friends about aging. And I'm uh, perplexed at how many of them are generally afraid of getting older.
0: Absolutely. I find that so many of us are talking about um, how time is constantly running out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. even though we're just entering the adult stages of our lives, that is just a constant conversation.
1: Yeah, like, maybe it's because I've been reading a lot about the later stages of life recently, or I follow a lot of uh, content creators that are actually uh, much older than us, so, like, in their 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it feels like what you just said. Like, a lot of people think that, like, especially the people in their 20 things around me, believe me that, like, they believe that their social lives are over once they hit 30.
0: Yeah, no, that's actually such an odd stigma around mm-hmm. um, that, because, like, it's so weird that... We have to think about what we want to do for the rest of our lives and have everything Mm -hmm. already set for the rest of our lives, even though we're only in our early 20s. When in fact, we really should be relishing on our youths because let's be real, we're only as old as we let ourselves believe we are. Uh huh.
1: Yeah, and like it doesn't help that like pop culture has deemed anti-aging medicine or like Botox necessary to combat Mm -hmm. the uh, evils of wrinkles or um, TV shows like and just like that uh, portray women in their 50s as like physically weak and fragile Mm -hmm. like somehow I don't personally watch the show but from the snippets that I've seen it's like a 50 year old woman breaking their hip and ending up in the hospital for weeks it's like (laughs) that's very rare for someone in their 50s only Mm mm-hmm yeah, or like the, the throngs of people constantly like searching for the elixir of life or like how to live longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so like rather than making society more suitable for o- older adults, I find that like we are bending our way backwards to transform ourselves physically to live better in the future, and as a result, not not enough time and effort is actually spent on planning for old age. For sure. Yeah, and um, this topic is important as we are in the midst of a monumental shift in the demographics of the world's population that have both social and economic impacts. And the first one is life expectancy. And over the past 200 years, um, life expectancy at birth has doubled from around 40 years to over 80 years, so people are living like double in length in time, and as well, behavioral changes associated with health enhancement are showing rates of improvement um, would appear to be actually rising rather than leveling out. So it's like potentially the people could live to be in like the hundreds or early hundreds instead of like the average age being, old age of being like 80. Mm-hmm. So let's look at the actual numbers. So I'm um, from a report from Arc Daily, in 2015, um, 8.5% of the population of the world was age 65 or over, which is about 617 million people. Wow. That's, that seems quite small when you compare it to the rest of the population, but like, to yeah. see 617 million people are actually old, over the age of 65 is quite like, wild. Mm hmm. Um, And, like, that number is actually going to increase. In uh, 2030, it's predicted to grow to 12% of the population. And in 2050, um, to a staggering, potentially, 16.7% of the population. Wow. Yeah, so not only are we, like, growing in numbers, like, number of people, but also Mm population-wise. And um, in a Canadian context, um, in 1851, there are only 3% of Canada's population were 65 and older. So... This is like over 120 150 years ago. And then in 1996, it was 12%. And then in 2025, they predict about 19% of Canada's population will be over 65.
0: So with this change, the social character of old age has undergone a remarkable transformation in the 20th century. In the past, the elders of the communities were defined less so by chronological age but rather by institutional seniority, particularly within a family structure. As such, the age at which individuals were actually recognized as being old varied. The contemporary practice of designating individuals above age 65 as old is historically unique and derives from another unique 20th century practice of retiring elderly workers at a fixed age without regard to their physical ability or mental capabilities. As a result, the transition into old age is now defined primarily by the individual's relation to wealth and the economy.
1: Mm-hmm. And there are many different approaches to old age. However, one thing that holds true for many seniors, my grandma included, is that <laughs> many of them would like to retain their previous comforts and continue living their lives similar to how they currently are.
0: Mm-hmm. Hence the emergence
1: of the concept aging in place.
0: So what does the term aging in place mean? The Canadian government defines the term to mean having access to services and the health having accesses to services and the health and social supports you need to live safely and independently in your home or your community for as long as you wish or are able to. Although this isn't a new concept, it's definitely becoming more and more important within the past few years because the average lifespan for Canadians are increasing, as Andrea has mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And along with that, more seniors want to continue living in their own homes as they age rather than move to a retirement home or a, long ter- or a long-term care facility. This means that there needs to be a greater emphasis on developing communities that allow older residents to continue living independently. A large portion of planning for independence includes thinking about alternatives for when individuals inevitably outlive the ability to drive safely due to medical conditions that are more common as you age. With that being said, it's important to provide alternate transportation options within communities such as public transit, taxis, low-cost transportation services, or even rideshare options that include
1: family and friends. So before we dive into the many ways planners and architects can create environments to be suitable for aging in place, um, let's take a step back and Im- investigate why the built environment isn't suitable to begin with. Mm-hmm. So first of all, as we mentioned earlier, society tended to consider caring for an elderly relative as a family issue. Um, and it wasn't until like, the coming of the Industrial Revolution that ideas shifted in favor of a more like societal care system. And particularly in North America, the rise of the nuclear families dismantled the transgenerational family, resulting in more seniors living alone. And this itself wouldn't be so much an issue if it was not for the second problem. Um, So according to Shaping Aging Aging Cities, which is a report done by a global engineering firm called Arup, um, they say that older people are less likely to drive, favoring public transport and walking. The average person over 65 manages a walking speed of three kilometers an hour, (laughs) Um, which in comparison, I personally can walk about one kilometer in like 11 minutes. So, you know, like, oh, okay. I thought you were
0: going to say in an hour. No, no, no. In an hour, I can
1: probably, yeah, an hour I can probably walk about like five or six depending like
0: my overall
1: rate. But yeah, so like three kilometers, it's like for sure half the speed. Mm-hmm. And at eighty years old, that goes down to two kilometers an hour, um. And compared with the average for a working age person, apparently that's four point eight. So I guess I'm just a fast walker. <laughs> so reducing the distance between transport stops, shops, benches, mm-hmm. trees for shade, and like public toilets, and improving payments will allow more time to cross the road and uh, encourage older people to get out more. And as a result, these leads to a uh, uh, dependence as a result of the lack of ability to walk it leads to dependency on others to fulfill everyday tasks and um, consequently it leads to also stopgap solutions such as like retirement facilities um, however fortunately there is a design solution called universal design what is universal design so universal design is the design of buildings products and or environments to make them accessible to all people, regardless of their age, their disability, or even other factors. And uh, the term universal design was actually coined by the architect Ronald Mace to encompass, or uh, to describe the concept of designing all products and the built environment to be aesthetic and usable to the greatest extent possible by everyone. And um, in conjunction with his alma mater, North Carolina State University's School of Design in Raleigh, um, he founded the Center for Accessible Housing in 1989, which is now known as the Center for Universal Design.
0: Hmm.
1: And although Mace popularized the idea, um, Selwyn Goodsmith, or Goldsmith, author of Designing for the Disabled, uh, was the one who led the charge in pioneering this concept for of free access for people with disabilities. And uh, most significantly, his achievement was the creation of the drop curb, now a standard featured in most building environments. So the Center for Universal Design at North Carolina State University um, expounds the following principles to help guide people into creating universal design. So the first one would be equitable use. Second, flexibility in use. Third is a simple and intuitive. Fourth is perceptible information, fifth is tolerance for error, um, the sixth is low physical effort, and the last principle is size and space for approach and use. So keeping those principles in mind, in 2012, the Center for Inclusive Design and Environmental Access at the University at Buffalo expanded this definition of the principles of universal design which includes social participation and health and wellness. So from there, they wrote out eight goals to help further this uh, endeavor and the first one being body fit, the second is comfort, third is awareness, fourth is understanding, the fifth is wellness, Uh, sixth is social integration, seventh is personalization, and eighth is cultural appropriateness. So how do we apply this to successful aging? So um, in the Journal of Aging Research published by the University of Windsor, uh, successful aging is devi- defined as the following. So the first is a low probability of disease and disease-related disability, um, second is a high level of physical and cognitive functioning, and the last is an active engagement in life. So, that being said, uh, providing older adults with specific universal design options has the potential to increase the ease of completing activities of daily life, while also promoting a continual engagement in their social lives. To help with the recommendations, um, they have broken it down into two further categories. So the first is um, three basic activities of daily living, which includes personal care and self-maintenance, and the second category is uh, three instrumental activities of daily living. So let's break the, break them down even further. So in the three basic activities of daily living, the first is bathing. So something that um, designers can do to help ease uh, the elder in bathing is like making provisions during construction to r- reinforce walls in the shower area to facilitate uh, future installation of grab bars. That way, if there's a chance of slipping, they have something to hold on to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, another thing, bathtub and shower controls positioned Outside of the actual um, shower to allow for operation outside the fixture, as well as a no threshold walk in shower. So, it's pretty common in most uh, standard apartments where you have like a, a bathtub shower. Mm-hmm. So, because the bathtub area of the shower is raised, it's harder for older adults to just walk in because you, they have to step over. So, yeah, having sure. actually, yeah, so having just like a shower with no bathtub there it allows for easier access or like they, they actually create some um taller bathtub that were like it's sort of like a standing bathtub where they have oh. a door so then mm-hmm. you can open the door and walk in and it cl- and then close it and it seals so you can have like a standing bathtub without you need to s- actually sit to be submerged in water.
0: Oh, and the door holds all the water in.
1: Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. So a second basic activity of daily living is physical ambulation. And what this means is more so just mo- uh, just walking around and moving. So mm-hmm. the first one would be no threshold, so zero step entrances. So having the outside and the inside of a building um, being at the same level, so there is no mm-hmm. steps that they need to uh, maneuver. And mm-hmm. having wider doorways and corridors, as well as open f- floor plan. And another thing is having straight staircases with consistent risers and treads in a stopping place such as a landing midway between levels. So as people are going up the stairs, they can see where their destination is and also there's a landing for them to take a break if necessary. Mm -hmm. And then for the final activity of daily living is, they call it toileting. Okay. (laughs) And similar to the uh, bathing, they suggest having... um, Provisions to allow for installation of grad bars by the toilet. So if people need assistance lowering themselves onto the toilet, they have something to hold and prop themselves up and down. Mm-hmm. As well as uh, if you're living in a multi-story house, having a downstairs bathroom where you don't need to go upstairs to use um, is, quite, is quite recommended. As right. well as uh, something I don't really hear much about or haven't learned much about is an adjustable toilet. Okay. An adjustable sink for easy access with a short reaching distance to paper dispensers and, once again, grab bars. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see how those would be helpful. Mm -hmm. As for the uh, instrumental activities of daily living, um, they include food preparation. So they recommend having countertops at varying levels as -hmm. well as cabinets that accommodate limited reach ranges and allow various ways of approach and manipulation. Um, as well as color contrast. So like large print readouts and um, audible and tactile feedback controls. That mm-hmm. way, if like people have a uh, poor vision or they're, they're not their fingers or their hands are not sensitive to touch as well, like you have much stronger uh, abilities to actually be able to read. Mm-hmm. Um, a second activity is shopping. <laughs> So huh. lowering or making height-adjustable electronic devices used in typical purchasing transaction. So if you're at, like, a self-checkout, all the self-checkouts are typically at a same height. So mm-hmm. perhaps having one that is uh, lower that will allow for people that are using, I guess, walkers or assisted chairs to access. Mm-hmm. Um, another is, once again, using large large print on signs indicating aisle numbers and locations of goods and on packages as well. As well and um, automatic powered doors at entrances and exits. hmm And the last activity of is uh, transportation. So having a connect local street network within communities to create short drives and walking distance. And um, this all seems like pretty simple, but the <laughs> biggest challenge to actually implementing all of this is um, just a lack of center education overall for designers and also costs. For sure, yeah. Mm -hmm. So now that we have universal design under our toolkit, let's get into the case studies that have executed successful aging and aging in place. So to start off, one very
0: successful consideration of aging in place is through senior village communities or independent living communities. These communities are designed for seniors who are still relatively active and need very little care. This type of housing arrangement allows seniors to live within the same community as other active individuals around their age which provides them with a sense of community. Essentially these are gated communities that are typically only offered to individuals who are within an older age bracket. The nice thing about these communities are that they're designed with the universal design in mind when creating these communities and that also means that everything from outdoor amenity space the design of the bathrooms, like we mentioned, um, have been adapted to allow for residents to be able to complete their everyday tasks with as little assistance as possible. Within these communities, there are usually also an abundance of features for these residents to take advantage of, such as specialized transportation services to and from nearby centers, Mm -hmm. home health care services, and some even include private golf courses and clubhouses within the community. So with these communities, there's definitely very successful aging in place happening as they take into consideration the needs that older adults might need in order to still fulfill their daily lives, but still allowing them to own their own homes and live in a place where they can call their own.
1: Uh So as for citywide interventions... There are a multitude of things that cities can do to make the public realm more age-friendly to allow for aging in place such as water sidewalks, more room for varying levels of speed induction paths, as well as uh, providing a greater buffer between pedestrians and cars, um, fewer tripping hazards such as like sh- signage or like shallow tree planters that <laughs> I often find on like a concrete pavement that takes up space and you don't even notice that until mm-hmm. you're like walking up to the tree. Um, greater pedestrian crossing times, tactile guidance at road crossings, easier access to trams and, uh, and buses, more comfortable benches dotted around town, uh, well maintained public, well maintained public toilets, more handrails on stairs, and uh, signage for easier street navigation. These examples are all great. However, for cities that want to take it up a notch, they should look no further than Manchester in England. Hmm. So Manchester is regarded as a global leader when it comes to age-friendly initiatives through a program called Age-Friendly Manchester, or AFM for short. And um, Age-Friendly Manchester builds on the Valuing Older People program, which launched in 2003, and the 10-year Manchester Aging Strategy published in 2009 and then updated in 2017. So through this initiative, they have achieved age-friendly status in 2010 and in twenty eighteen, the WHO, the World Health Organization, has recognized Greater Manchester as the UK's first age friendly city region. Yeah, um, a destination that I didn't know was possible, but <laughs> I applaud them for it. Yeah. Yeah, and as well in twenty sixteen, they launched the older people's charter.
0: Hmm.
1: So how did AFM make Manchester age friendly? So, how AFM works is that they execute their initiatives through partnerships and collaborations that align with their work plan. So their work plan consists of five main strategies. Um, the first one is age-friendly neighborhoods, which is pretty straightforward, to mm-hmm. support older people, to deliver and participate in community projects and activities, um, to promote local, social, cultural, and leisure opportunities that support good health and well-being, and to reduce the risk of social isolation and loneliness. Um, A second goal of their work plan is age-friendly services, so to increase awareness and application of the age-friendly Manchester Old People's Charter Principles, um, to increase economic and cultural participation among older residents, and to improve the health and well-being of older residents. A third tier is a uh, communication and involvement which is to enhance the opportunities for old people to participate in and influence AFM. So they have the ability to say, like, what they think would actually bring value to them in their lives. So it's not just, like, other people, per- perhaps younger people, deciding what is best for older people, but older people saying that this is what I need to make my life better. Mm-hmm. Um, and as well, to increase the number of communications issued in age-friendly formats. And in general, just to promote age-friendly Manchester. Um, A fourth tier that they do is the knowledge and innovation. So, to complete a needs and assets assessment of the city's older population, to agree a new set of indicators to measure progress, and to deliver research projects that make a difference to the lives of older people. And lastly, um, AFM hope to increase recognition of age-friendly approaches in local, national, and international strategies and funding programs, um, to strengthen Manchester's collaborative partnerships locally and nationally, and internationally and to secure funding for age-friendly Manchester so another unique feature about AFM that like it is led by older adults so um, their board comprises of 20 members called the older people's board <laughs> and um, yeah it's quite endearing mm-hmm. and some notable projects that they have taken on is the first one take a seat campaign <laughs> what do you think that's about
0: I'm going to say that's to introduce more seating
1: in public areas. Bingo. So, yeah, Seat Campaign is a low-cost initiative, which is amazing, Mm -hmm. aiming to raise awareness about how older people may struggle to get out and about because there's not enough seating available in shops and other public spaces. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: by applying a We Are Age-Friendly sticker in their window, participating shops can let older people know that they will be made welcome and offered a chair if they need to rest while they're purchasing their goods. That makes my heart so warm. <laughs> uh huh. Oh. It's so cute. So yeah. wholesome. Uh, another one is North City Nomads, which is a nonprofit community organization offering coach day trips with the aim of reducing loneliness and social isolation among older people. So it's basically like a charter that will take people to like just outside the city, so they can go out to the nature and hang out with their friends. Oh. <laughs> as well as the uh, the Greater Manchester Aging Hub, which is uh, launched in launched in twenty seventeen, is a regional platform that brings together a variety of partners with the name with the aim of coordinating a strategic response to the opportunities and challenges of an aging population. And uh, what they do is they organize a lot of programs of activities of, with varying themes, including economy and work, age-friendly places, healthy aging, housing, planning and transport, culture and learning, technology technology and innovation and communications. So basically, it's like sort of a community center where like older older people can go to get information and just connect with other older folks. Wow, that's also nice. Mm-hmm. So um, now we know why Manchester has been awarded like the UK's first aging city, and I feel like every city should now start doing this as yeah, well. Yeah,
0: it's definitely time for Canada to step it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. To summarize, what would you say are the keys to successful aging?
1: Yeah, so I think based on what we've talked about today and what we've mm-hmm. learned um, this past week researching for this, I think the, th- like, the keys to successful aging are, first off, being okay with growing older, yes, that's a big <laughs> one, yeah. yeah, I feel like once you accept that, like you you can begin to thrive and like take in the other steps. Mm-hmm. Um the second is universal design. the third mm-hmm. is walkable neighborhoods. um the fourth is seating,
0: yeah, <laughs> lots of
1: seating, mm-hmm. and the last one is just places for social gatherings and activities,
0: yeah, I think those mm-hmm. are all really good keys. Um, key ideas that will help with successful aging and so aging in place was the plan for now listen to our next
1: episode to continue figuring it out with us thanks for following along to this episode if you liked it please give us a like review and subscribe for more until then follow us on instagram at what's the plan podcast for what the next plan is